certainly is a thrill to get to be here this evening and have this privilege of the pastors here that are supporting the Bible conference to have been chosen to bring a message this afternoon. Then it's certainly good to be able to walk behind this pulpit after hearing a message such as we have heard, and our hearts can rejoice. The only thing that I'm sorry for is that he didn't do what I asked him to do, and I told him to go ahead and take all of it, and he stopped off and left me for a little bit of time. I know that you were wondering last night, you folks who come to visit us here, brother, about Brother Hamilton, and I, I want to tell you a little bit about him. He's all right boy, and I thank the Lord for him, and he has been listening and reading some of the books of Sam Morris, and I'll tell you why he was lifting up the idea of the four, wanting to present them in such a way that uh, he could just kind of take it so you wouldn't feel too hard about him and wouldn't think he was trying to make a sale at the same time. That is, Sam Morris when he used to preach, said that every preacher ought to have a fool. And someone asked Sam Morris why they ought to do it, and he said that's so they could get the devil shook out of it. <laughs> I guess that's why Brother Jim was talking something about sports last night. Then I'd, I'd like to say this concerning uh, further more about the service for tonight. We... Uh, we want to add again that this morning, and we said it's not those who want to come, but those who must come to Fellowship Baptist Church tonight at 7.30. Uh, we believe very definitely that in that great doctrine uh, of an independent Baptist church that Jesus believed in close communion. But we don't want to squeeze the Holy Spirit. <laughs> we, neither do we want to <laughs> bring him in too close. You have plenty of room, and bring all your friends and neighbors and Come on over for a great time over at the Fellowship Baptist Church. I'd like to say this word concerning the telegrams. Last fall, when the conference was held at Detroit, I have never known anything that thrilled my heart so. I answered the telephone and had a telegram read to me. And I was unable to go to tell me that I was being missed and that they were praying for me at that time. Oh, somebody said, and Baptists have too many offerings in their service. And Brother Sam Dennis has about got me converted that it wouldn't be a Baptist service if we didn't have an offering in it. I'm not going to take one now. You don't, have to, you don't have to worry about that. I'm not going to take one now. It wouldn't be hard, I'm sure, for any of you to take up the next 30 minutes that we have before the director's meeting after hearing the message that you've heard from Brother Henderson. We're thankful to God for it in every way. Again, I, I'm thankful that I have been given permission to speak. And at the same time, I say along with him that after I finish, you you don't like what I've said, you come say something to me about it. Uh, if you think you have some scripture that you can disprove what I've said, you go ahead and do it. I might not take as much time as uh, 
take advantage of the time rather as brother Jim has invited me to do but I'll just uh, do what I can do till the Lord stops me and then I'll, I'll have to quit <coughs> you know I've often wondered brother Eugene Clark used to come to these conferences I believe he's here now but where is brother Clark where are you there you is. Bless his heart. I used to see him stand up here and hold to the pulpit and bow his head. And I wondered what a fella been preaching long as he had and been used of God the way he'd been used to do that for. But today I, I'm just a little bit scared. So, uh, you preachers, I know you're in sympathy with me. Amen. <laughs> You've been there. You'll be praying, and all rest of you will be praying that God might receive the glory for the message. I want to speak to you a while concerning the witness of the Holy Spirit. Turn in your Bible, please. The Gospel of John, chapter 16. I'd like to read verse through verse 15. <clears throat> Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away, for if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they believe not on me, of righteousness, righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment because the prince of this world is just. I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come, he shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. May we pray. Our Father, we are thankful for that great privilege of calling thee our heavenly Father, for the access we have to thy throne of grace through Jesus Christ our Lord. Father, as we've read this passage of Scripture, where Jesus had called his disciples, given the instruction concerning his departure, 
concerning the coming of the Holy Spirit and of the work that he would do. Heavenly Father, we pray today that thou would help each of us as a child of God to stop for this moment. As we love to sing the great old hymn, Oh, how I love Jesus, and talk about the sovereignty of God. Many times, our Father, we feel that we have failed to exalt the Holy Spirit of God. Father, today hide us in the cross. May he be exalted back to the glory of Almighty God. We pray it in his blessed name. Amen. We have here the words of Jesus directing his disciples concerning the coming of the Holy Spirit of God and what he should do. We have here before us an experience that we face, those of us who have been born again, that we rejoice in because it has been the work of God through the Holy Spirit that makes us to know that we are a child of God. It is the Holy Spirit of God that took the word that has people have preached to our hearts and made us to realize our condition before Almighty God. We look to the words of Jesus. When we began to think about the witness of the Holy Spirit in conversion, we look at the words of Jesus when he dealt with Nicodemus. And as we hear him speak to Nicodemus so very clearly, he brought these words to him of the necessity of being born again. But we notice another thing that he said after, he said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee that ye must be born again. He said, Except a man be born again by the Spirit, he shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. So we find today that we can say uh, without any apology again before this lost world, this confused world, that except a man be converted by the power of the Holy Spirit of God, that God is God, that Jesus is the Son of God, that he suffered on the cross of Calvary for the sins of mankind, and that man through faith given to him by the love and the grace of God, by repentance toward God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, he becomes a saved man. Now that's a big mouthful. I don't know how I got that, but it's true. I believe it. God's word has taught it too. So in conversion, we find the witness of the Holy Spirit. We find here the work of that Holy Spirit in its witnessing in conversion. We find that great conviction that comes upon mankind. Last night, or one of the speakers uh, heretofore has said something about being a lost church member. One day I spoke to some person concerning the fact that I had been a lost church member. They said, Brother Hunley, I want you to think about the statement that you have made. And I thought about that statement for a while. And I thought I cannot have been a lost church member. If I were saved, I could be saved and not belong to the New Testament church. But if I belong to the New Testament church, I'm bound to have been a child of God, having been born again. If I belong to him in the sense of the conversion that is brought by the Holy 
Spirit of God. Now, a lot of people make fun of me when I request prayer for our people, or rather they don't like the statement, and to me that's making fun, or they don't like concerning the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the work that he has done. When I ask God that his blessings be upon our church and upon all those who have their name on the church roll. You know the great apostle Paul said, not everybody that are, uh, that are of Israel is Israel. Then he said, further Jesus spoke to us concerning those that profess a profession of faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And he said that not everybody that said unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Now Jesus went on to say something then concerning those that would enter the kingdom of heaven. Remember, first of all, he must have been born or converted by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. We find that in the working of God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit, there has been those that work of which I cannot explain how it all comes. I take the words of Jesus there in the 8th verse of that 3rd chapter when he said, we hear the rushing of the wind and it comes from where we know not and it goes to where we know not. But I know this, that I know that before any man, woman, boy, girl, has ever become a child of Almighty God, there has been the work of God the Father and God the Son through God the Holy Spirit manifested by the power of God that has been brought by the purpose of God Almighty that man, woman, boy, girl might be saved. Now then, how did it come? Jesus has gone back to the right hand of the Father. We find that God has not left us here alone in this world today. He has not left us without a witness of the great love and the grace of God. There's only one way that it could have come, and that is by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Now then, Jesus said he would come. He said he would bring great conviction. If you will allow me to use a bit of my personal testimony today, I'd like to tell of that great experience that I had with God, our Heavenly Father. I, I joined two churches as far as, no, I didn't either. I got to take that back. That's the wrong statement. But I joined two uh, groups of people. I joined, first of all, the Camelites. That's what I grew up in. Now, if there's some of you here Camelite and you still that, there's only one thing I got to say that after you've heard as much preaching as you've heard already this afternoon, if in your heart you sit in that seat and still a Camelite, the only thing you ought to be able to say is I'm ashamed that I am one and not own up to it. Then the next thing that I got into one was, yeah, shake your head. I, I don't blame you. I, when I was one, somebody preached that toward me. I didn't like it either. But let's go on just a little bit further. We find uh, here again, I, I fell in love terribly with a girl, and she was to be my wife, I thought, at one time. I, I was still a Camelite, but I wanted to make a greater impression on her. I wasn't thinking about the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I went forward in a Baptist church. They took me as a candidate for baptism. They put me under the water, and I come out from under that water just as much a lost person as a man could ever have been. Moved on to Louisville, and there I met the woman that is my wife, and she uh, has been a true and faithful one, and I thank God for her. There we placed our letter there in this particular Baptist church. 
And as we uh, were members there, the pastor was, thank God, an observing pastor. You know, a lot of people think a pastor when he watches what his people are doing, are meddling into what they do. And they say, you just go on and preach the word. Don't you keep your mind up on what we're doing. And I thank God for the words that come from the speaker uh, last or whatever service it was that said the man that is the shepherd that God called him to be is a loving shepherd and he goes into those things that are contrary to the things that man do that are contrary to the things of God that man let themselves become involved in. This pastor had watched me. He knew by my life, by the fruits of it, that I was not a child of God. Then under the circumstances of living there with my name on a church roll, lost and condemned, and then being injured, had to go to the hospital, and then this pastor came there to visit me. He witnessed of the love and the grace of God. He told me how that God had given his son, how Jesus died in obedience to the will of God the Father, how that the Holy Spirit now would bear witness to the word that he was telling me that are recorded here in the blessed word of God. I continue to shake my head and say, no, no, I won't do it today. And we find that he left me with these words. And he said, Bill, he said, unless you trust the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're going to hell. I've never seen that man from this day. I've heard that he's passed on from this life. And I believe that he's at the right hand of God if he was because he witnessed to a man that needed to know the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He never told me what a great church he was pastor of. He never told me how great and true the church he was that he pastored off to the things that Jesus taught. But in my condition, under the power of the Holy Spirit working through that pastor to a man that needed Jesus, God by the Holy Spirit took the word and made this man to become convicted that he needed a Savior. When? Not that day when I refused him, but some several days later. Oh, how I thank God when that Spirit of God came down upon me and made me to see myself before God Almighty. For the first time in all of my life, I had ever recognized that God was God. You know, there's a lot of people today, and I think a lot of them have their names on our church road that don't believe in God. They don't think that God really is the God that will do what he says he will do. Things have not happened to them that we have preached that shall happen to them. And they have gone on and on and on, turning away from God. But thank God tonight, today, for, the, for those again. I think we can only, from this part of this conference, enlarge upon what has already come. And we could go on and say, thank God for those that have brought forth to this world the fact that we need to preach, and preachers, Hear me, if you never hear anything else that I say, from our pulpit, we need to make our church members believe that God is God and He will do just what He says. Amen. Now, I don't mean that we should make, we have not the power ourselves, but the power of the witness of the Holy Spirit. If we believe it and we preach it and teach it and live it like God said so in His book, our people are bound to see it. Some of them do and some don't. I cannot understand why it is. I have been at our church for now some four years and a little better. I've seen people, some that have grown and increased in the grace and the love of God. 
I've seen others that at the time I went there that they talked about how great they were in the Lord and the great things that they did, but I've seen them sit still and never do anything about the things that they say that they do. Dear so to me, that person is one that has not heard by the power of the Holy Spirit of God, nor convicted by the Holy Spirit of God, that God is God and that Jesus is the Son of God and that he, when he's born again, will have a witness within himself. There's a great thing that's made my heart rejoice today. We look at the Word of God here and we're not go on as we think of this witness of the Holy Spirit. We want to rush through, not take too much of the time, but we want to hear these things that the Lord says concerning the witness of the Holy Spirit of God. God speaks to the conscience. Now then, who hears? Who hears the Holy Spirit? He speaks to the conscience or the heart, whatever you want to call it. He he directs, he has a witness there within those that are the children of God. But when we go beyond that, for those that are not yet the children of God, we find they hear not the things of God. Now you may think I'm narrow, and I, I'll let you call me anything you want to. You have a right to. We'll not argue about that. But if the word of God is true, that says when he, the Holy Spirit of truth, has come, that he'll guide us into all truth, I cannot for the life of me understand, and you call me, uh, whatever I say again, you want to call me, I cannot understand that in the great love and grace and purpose of God that a man can stay at a stage where he does not grow and increase in the love and the grace of God. I love, I love these great doctrines that have come before us. I, I thank God that I've had the privilege to come out from among those that are in these churches that are modern and these that are filled with form that love to send you so much mail that you have to drop it all over in file 13. And they say send money in for missions and more of it wasted on postage stamps than it is on anything else. Right. I thank God that I'm where I am today. But I want you to hear and to know and understand today that that has come because God has not allowed those that he had in purpose and mind to go on and grow in the grace and knowledge of God to stay at a standstill and not increase. God in his purpose and God in his own way by the work of the Holy Spirit brought this preacher out from where he was and set him in the midst of I don't know what I'm in. It makes no difference. God put me there. Now the thing is for me to be faithful. I growl about it a lot. I complain a lot. Somebody was talking about the chastening hand of God. I thank God for it. Because when the time that I would run, when the time that I would go on and on, away from that which I know that God wants me to do, God's love. Brother Clark, I'm big proud of <laughs> That's why they put Brother Clark the last speaker on the third. <laughs> he always brings us a big crybaby. Listen, friend. 
That Holy Spirit of God did something great. He witnesses to the heart of man and brings a man from where there's condemnation to where there's no condemnation. One of my brothers spoke something here the other night concerning people using their remarks concerning the eternal security of the believer. But certainly, I agree with There's a lot of people say, I believe in the eternal security of the believer, and then they go on and live like they want to. They don't do it. They lie. The very fruits of their life has proved that they did not believe what they said they believed. I go back to one of the great old men and writers of a century ago, almost uh, be that old enough for me, but of years ago, uh, old brother Robertson, when he wrote, when people had criticized him in a sermon that he had preached on the perseverance of the saints. And he said, I believe on the perseverance of the saints with all my heart. But he said, I believe they've got to be a saint first. Brother, I believe a man that would represent God as a child of God is a man that's saved first. Saved, redeemed. When the work of God came and began its work within my heart, I had been a habitual drunkard and gambler on the streets of Louisville, Kentucky. I had left my wife and my daughter without food in their house, without coal to keep them warm. And under that great love and that grace of God, that I got hurt on a job that took me on to the hospital to where we find finally the witness of the Holy Spirit came with that conviction of sin. What a sinner I was in the sight of God. But here's something that thrills me about the witness of the Holy Spirit for the person that is lost. And I think we ought to, we ought to increase on our our lifting up the work of the Holy Spirit as it brings about and the work that it does. The night that I was saved, sometime between 12 o'clock and daylight, I don't know, the Holy Spirit began to deal with those words that that preacher had read to me, the very promises of God. And all that I could see was what I was in God's sight. I believe in hell that night if I never had before. I'm able to preach it now as I and teach it as I never had thought about it before. And I felt terrible about the many things I've done. But you know, that night it wasn't so much on my heart as the fact that I had left my wife and my baby without food and without coal to keep them warm. It wasn't the fact that I'd taken money that belonged to them and had used it as being a drunkard and being immoral in many, many ways. But the thing that that thrilled my heart that night was the fact that God made me to know not in the fact that I was a drunkard all them, I knew that. But God by the Holy Spirit witnessed to me and convicted me that in God's sight I was a sinner headed for hell. And I say again, it was a thrill to know that when once 
a man saved, he's saved forever. Amen. There's no condemnation over in Romans 8. He said in the first verse, there is no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. You know, in him. Not just talk about him. Not whitewashed like one of the brethren said here today. But that are in the Lord Jesus. But the thing that thrilled my heart not only was the fact that they were washed away, but that in this sight of God where I was an awful sinner and condemned for hell, that God had brought me to a place of where I knew that I had peace in my heart. I knew it. God give me the wisdom of it. It came by the knowledge of God, by the power of the witness of the Holy Spirit of God. Now listen. We'll have to hurry along. God, no respect to persons. I don't believe that God works one way with one person and another way with another. There may be various channels. I'll guarantee you, there may be various channels that God will use to bring those that he has chosen and called and, and has, before the foundation of the earth, has known about them. God's purpose will be brought to pass. And he may use one preacher or another. He may use some sad occasion or another whereby to bring men to the Lord Jesus Christ. But I assure you this, that when he does it, he effects in each and every person, he says the very same thing, the very same way. Amen. Huh. Some of you didn't say amen on that. Of course, you don't have to. We're not asking us to say you'd come down here for that. But you know... I told some of my people one night over Fellowship Baptist Church that been kind of hot because I've been preaching about Camelites and all the other ites that didn't have no lights. <laughs> and they, they said that, I said to them, want to listen to me carefully now. Their argument was with me this, that Somebody else may be saved in these other isms and schisms, whatever they are. And they may be, I don't know. There's only one person that I know about today. I look right in your face. I, I believe some of you. I thank God for your testimony. I believe God. But I only know about one person that's going to heaven today here in this building, and that's Bill Huntley. That's the only one I know anything about. But I went on to say to those people this. And I said, listen to me carefully now. I said, if any of those people in these other schisms and doctrines that are false and that the devil has brought out here before man are saved, they had to get it the same way the Baptist. <laughs> now, of course, that's just a repetition of what our brother said. I don't care what you are or where you come from. I don't care who witnessed to you. I don't care what circumstances it was. It had to come by the power of God through his love in Christ Jesus by the Holy Spirit that witnesses to men convicts and brings them down to where they see God is God. Amen. And they are brought to believe and receive Oh, he said over in John 1, 12, as many as received him, to them 
not to everybody, but to them, to those particular ones, <laughs> to those particular ones, he gave the power <laughs> to become sons of God. Did you ever stand up and point your finger at anybody with your priesthood? <laughs> Well, sometimes we get eaten with it. <laughs> he gave them the power. Now look, God tells us over in the book of Romans that this law was not sufficient. There in that first chapter of John, he tells us about the work of the Spirit and that he tells of the completion of it and how that the Spirit, as it's spoken of in Romans 8, is of the flesh. God said, the law came by Moses, but grace and truth, how they get it? By the Lord Jesus Christ. He went back to God's right hand. How are men going to know today that God's still in the saving business? Except the Holy Spirit takes the word of God and witnesses in the hearts of mankind when it's preached in the power of the Holy Spirit and the love and the grace that God's put in the hearts of men that are willing to stand up and not telling what anybody may say to let it fall what it will. God help us. We find these words, I'll read them to you hurriedly. Because I'm still just about as scared as I was, but I, I'm happy right now. In the second chapter of 1 Corinthians, I want you to, to see this truth. Concerning the revelation of God. Beginning with verse 9, he said, But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them to look. And then he goes on, but God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. And I say today, if you are just a little old person suffering of malnutrition, if it's possible, it's just because you refuse to hear the Spirit of God speak to your heart. God said, let him that hath an ear to hear. Listen, you've got to be a child of God to grow and develop in the Holy Spirit of God. To grow and develop and understand the calling of God. You've got to be a child of God before you can know when the Spirit is speaking. Then when he reads on, he said, For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of a man, which is in him? <coughs> Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God. Now when you begin to talk about things that you can't say the spirit led you to do, that the spirit revealed it to you, you better back up. Bible to be like that book Brother Henderson was talking about. There's a lot of others like to carry them around and say, you let us read out of this book. But you take them back to the Bible. 
You mark out Mr. Schofield or whoever they might have and take them to the text of the Word of God. We come back here and, and we find that man then, no man knoweth but the Spirit of God, and God knows them. Now then, how can man know them? That's when the Spirit of God reveals them to them in truth. Now, when the Spirit of God, which is the Spirit of truth, God said, try the Spirit. Try. You know, by the time things sound so good, boy, that sounds so good, I could just do that. I love the way Brother Henderson preached, because I tell you that unless a man had known by the Holy Spirit of God that what he said is true, he's bound to be mad at him to pull every sprig of hair he's got out and to be smaller than what he is when he leaves it. <laughs> but, you know, I'm just that kind of a Baptist. I thank God for it. I'm proud of it. But the Spirit made me to know. I thank God for all the acquaintances I've had to attempt to know. I thank God for everyone that I have met that loves the truth and loves it just as great or little greater maybe sometimes than I have to help me to love it the more. I thank God that through the Holy Spirit he has drawn us and brought us to that place that we can appreciate mankind that have the same experience that we have and that love the same God that we love, that has been washed by the same blood that we've been washed, that has the Holy Spirit telling the same thing to them that it does to us and to us that it does to them. Now listen, I want you to go back home, you preacher, and have courage enough to stand before all of those relatives of yours all those that come to your church and somebody said to me said Brother Hunley I worked awful hard to get my sister to church here and said here she come and said what did you do to speak about people undressing and going next <laughs> said now she does that very thing I said well good you brought her to hear what she need to hear If there's any of you preachers around here that let your wife go around naked, you're sinning in the sight of God, and God help you. The Holy Spirit never led you to do it. Now, they wear these little old tight things either. They call, I don't know, what do they call them, brother? <laughs> You know, the Holy Spirit, when he got a hold of that, that man that was wild and crazy there among the tombs, when he got him straightened out and, and the people were able to look at him, they couldn't believe their eyes. For, you know, he was dressed and in his right mind. Now, you judge yourself what you are if you wear them things. I never said what it looked like. I said, what it called. <laughs> the Spirit of God leads and guides and directs those that are him. Did you have an ear to listen? 
today, I know for this part of it, it hasn't been very much of a sermon. But I've read some of the Word of God, and that you pay close attention to. You forget my remarks. But remember this, that if you as a child of God grow, if you as a child of God learn any of the truth of the Word of God, it's got to be because you'll listen to the Holy Spirit teach it to you. Now listen, here's something else. He won't teach you no lie. Now, I'll tell you something else, too. That when you listen to the Holy Spirit teach the Scripture, the plan of salvation that God gave through the Lord Jesus Christ, and you listen to the Holy Spirit now, you won't find any trouble arguing with foreknowledge, predestination, election, particular choice, or whatever. You won't argue with it. You might not see it at the moment. You go back home and get some word if you're concerned about knowing what God has to say. You get your Bible and get down in your study or, or off in that corner somewhere where you won't be bothered with any of this outside world and say, God, I want to know what you've got to say about me. Amen. That's the desire that I have in my heart. I'm not concerned about rewards when I get to heaven. And I don't know what I'll hear my master say. I know I've got to go through that judgment seat of Christ. And I'm not concerned about all this fallacy of teaching of recognizing mother and dad when you get to heaven. And I hear some say, well, if I couldn't see mother up there, I wouldn't want to go. Well, you should be disappointed. You won't see mother like you see her down here. Amen. Amen. <coughs> so... I want to hear my Savior say, if I possibly can, according to the ability that he gave, according to what talent I have, oh, if I could but hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. I want to hear it, and I don't know I will. I know I'll be purged through the judgment seat of Christ just like everybody else is. But my goal was a preacher of the Lord Jesus Christ, called and set aside by God the Father and the power of the Holy Spirit, which witnessed to me and drew to me and drew me aside from all this world and said, I want you here in this place. God help me to be faithful in it. The loudest sound that I hear in my heart today when I begin to prepare sermon when I begin to come into the pulpit before my people Brother Dempsey said it just a while ago I have two things in mind first of all the account I have to render unto God and the next 
account that I have to give for the church. But when he, the Holy Spirit of truth, has come. Now you might not know it all, man. But when he's come into your heart, the purpose of God has never been that you wouldn't grow. Never make me believe that God ever intended that a man, a woman, boy, or girl should never grow in the great knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But listen, you can quench it and you can strive against it. For that, God will deal with each of us personally. God help you to seek the things of God by the reading of his word and by the speaking of the Holy Spirit. And the only way that you'll ever hear it is when you have a spiritual ear with which to listen. Thank you. 